0: BLOB TALK RADIO BLOB TALK RADIO 31 questions for the Mu'minoum. Have you ever cried as of sins you have committed? Inshallah Does shaitan ever make you feel like the past can't wow. be repentant? Yes Do you really love Allah? Or just words that you love Allah? Yeah. Do you feel like your innocence has been drained by the gutter. Yes. I don't. Can you love sooner and still love to backbite? No. How many days you woke up Muslim and Kafir by night? Allah. I know. If you was on trial for being mukman, yeah. would they have enough evidence to convict I you? Allah. If you die right now, how long would it take for the Ummah to forget I you? Allahu Ayla. Can you answer the questions in the grave, or do you have to study for that text? Sure long? I hope so. And what will be the words you utter at the moment of your last breath? What are you prepared to sacrifice for the sunnah? Did you ever take part in spreading the vicious rumor? If so, how far did it go? How many people really know? on a day of judgment, how many Muqmans you gonna owe? Why are you the last to Juma and the first to leave? Is that an indication of how much you really believe? Why do you say things out of your mouth that's not in your heart? Don't you know mukmans live in the light and Kufars live in the dark? How can a month go by and you miss every salat? What is your desire? Allah. Ah, look, boldness, you show for the fire. Muslims and Muslimas, fill the law for more hopeful dreamer. It's either heaven or hell. Maqdi or the gel, Allah or shaitan. Fly girl novels or ayahs of the Holy Quran. Standing on street corners, at the end of the block, or at the mashhad, make us alive. You can even listen or turn your head, cause this earth is a paradise for the grateful dead. A'uzu <laughs> billahi mina shaitanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Inna lillamtaqeen ma faza hadaik wa'agnaba. وكوائب أترابا وكأسا بحاقا لا يسمعون فيها لغوا ولا كذابا جزاء من ربك عطاء حسابا Rabbi al-Samawati wal-Ardi wa ma baynahuma rahman La yamlikuna minhu qitaba As-salamu alaykum as Brother, you heard the Dean Over Dunya show? Deen Over Dunya? That sounds familiar. Wait, hold on, let me think. Dean over Dunya, Dean over Dunya, yeah. Dean over Dunia show. Y'all heard about that joint, my man hosts that joint. Safe or hot. My show, my show. So, you like the joint? I love it. What's your name? Noah. And what they listening to? Dean Over Dunya. as alaikum. Mike, what's the name? Dean Over Dunya. 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 Dean Over Dunya show. show. I am Sistaisha, Aisha, and this is the Dean Over Dunya Show. As-salamu alaykum. wa I'm your host, Saifu Haq. You can listen to the Dean Over Dunya Show, the one no Islamic radio show in America. Alhamdulillah. Before we begin, like always, we want to give praise to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and send salawat upon His Nabi, the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, and Alhamdulillah. Nasinahu wa Nasifilahu. When Ausuballah, He minshurin fusa na. When min sadi ali mala na. Nengadi ilahu fala muddulna. When min yaklo falah adillah. Wa shado mala ilah adillah. Faktihulasharikallah we in the sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the back. Before I begin, I'd like to see all praise belong to Allah. We seek His aid, we seek His guidance, we seek His help. We seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan and His millions, and we seek refuge in Allah from the footprints of Shaitan that will lead us to hell and law, And we ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for our sins, our faults, and our errors. And whoever Allah guides, man can lead us astray. And whoever Allah leads us astray, none can guide. And i bear witness without any hesitation, any compulsion, that there's no God but Allah. And i bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad Ibn Abdullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the last Prophet and Messenger. and the Rasulullah. my tonight tonight's show is dedicated on how to become a better Muslim. Inshallah, this is what we want to deal with tonight. How do you become a better Muslim? What are the steps that you're going to take? Insha'Allah. in the Hadith called the Hadith of Jabril. I know a lot of you are familiar with this Hadith. This is the Hadith that the angel Jabril came to the messenger of Allah. so it's him to ask him four questions. According to the uh, the, uh, the Hadith, um my unfamiliar man um approached the messenger of Allah Wasallam sort of, and said that he had exceedingly black hair and he had a white over a uh, white on, according to the narrators of the hadith, he wasn't a traveler because his his was exceedingly white you know by the nature of the the terrain of the desert, if you walk into the desert, you will get sand on your on your soul or you will get dusty just by the nature of the desert. You know, so They said, according to the Hadith His black, his hair was exceedingly black It was jet black hair And he had exceedingly white clothing But none of them recognized him According to the narrators of the Hadith No one recognized him So He came up to the messenger of Allah And it said that He sat in front of the Messenger of Allah and he placed his, his Hands on his knees Now it wasn't very specific or who he placed his hands on as far as he placed his hands on the messenger of Allah's knees or he placed his hands on his own knees. But he sat in front of the Messenger of Allah, and he placed his hands on his knees and he asked them four questions. The first question that he asked, he asked them, what is Islam? And the message of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, Islam is to believing in Allah and his messenger to uh make the salat five salats a day to pay the zakat 2.5% of the yearly earnings to the poor to fast on the month of Ramadan and to make hajj and the man said to the messenger of Allah you have spoken correctly now the sahaba were looking like in amazement like how was he going to tell the messenger of Allah, that he spoke the truth. He spoke correctly because they didn't know him. He was a stranger to them. So he asked them a second question. He says, What is Iman? He says, Iman is to believe in on one God, to believe in the angels, to believe in the prophets, to believe in the books that Allah revealed, to believe in uh, death and resurrection, and to believe in everything is decreed. And he says, You've spoken correctly. He says, What is Islam? He says, "It's saying, is to worship a law as though you see a law. But no, if you don't see a law, he sees you. And he says, when is the hour? And he says, the one who asks about the hour don't know. He says, one who asks about the hour don't know no more than the one who will answer it. So basically, I don't know, you don't know. So he says, okay, well, tell me about the signs. And he says that uh, there will be signs before the hour far as the Dajel, the Antichrist, the smoke, the uh the earthquakes, things like this. So the man said you're spoken correctly and he got up and walked away. Now the Sahabas was people who asked very few questions when it comes to the messenger of Allah. If you read Hadith uh it was always the better one the people who came outside of the, the Mecca and Medina who were asked the messenger of Allah so there's no questions. The sahabas were rarely asked questions. Even if the messenger of Allah asked them a question, they were resorted back to Allah and his messenger. And a few days later, right, according to the scholars, a few days later, they, he asked the sahabas, he said, do you know who that questioner was? And they said Allah and his messenger knows best. So even if he asked them a question, they would revert back to lawless Messenger. So they were rarely asked questions. So they were like when the uh, the better one would come because the better one would ask questions, a lot of questions. But the Sahabas they didn't ask a lot of questions. Right? They trusted their teacher. So he said, "Do you know who the questioner was?" They said, Allah's Messenger knows best." He said, "That was the angel Jabril, and he came to teach you your religion." All right, so he taught them the religion by asking questions. That's a deep concept of teaching. But he asked them four questions. He asked them what is Islam, what is Iman, what is Ihsan, and what is the Hour. Those are four main importance, main ingredients to this thing. This entire religion of Islam is built around the Islamic five pillars. It's built around the belief, the Aqidah It's built around the purification, the the the, the Islam. And it it's built around the, the, the day of judgment. We all are concerned about the day of judgment. All these, these four questions, what the, the entire religion is built upon. The name of the show tonight is How to Become a Better Muslim. So we want to start with the basics. Okay? Number one, before you uh, become a Muslim, you take your Shahada. So you have to know. Um, what are the conditions that you must meet in order for your shahada to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That's number one. You have to know what is what is it that you have to, what, what what is what is the conditions that you must fulfill in order for your shahada to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Number two, your salat. You have to learn how to make proper salat. How, you have to be a scholar and making prayer You cannot be a rookie And, and learn how to pray You have to be a scholar Because the prayer is the direct communication Between you and Allah the So therefore you have to be a scholar In that You have to be a scholar In how to pay the zakat Because you pay the zakat 2.5% of yearly earnings to the poor You have to be a scholar In how to fast in the month of Ramadan you cannot just be uh, a layman. You have to be a scholar. These are the basic principles of your entire life as a Muslim. So, therefore, you have to take these five pillars very serious. Even if you never made Hajj, you should know the rituals of what it takes to make Hajj. Those are the obligatory knowledge that every Muslim has to know. Because if a Muslim makes a lot to, Jew, to Allah to a ta'ala 17 times a day, you make five prayers, three prayers with four rakats, one prayer with three rakats, and one prayer with two rakats. That's seventeen rakats a day that you pray to wa well, Island. You have to be a, a, efficient, a scholar in how to pray. That's not a question. You have to be a scholar, a bona fide scholar in how to pray. You have to be a scholar in the Shahada. You have to be a scholar in zakat a scholar and ramadan a, and, a, and a scholar and, and, and making hajj because these are the basic fundamentals of your belief and if you're not a scholar in these things if you're deficient in these things then your entire deen is deficient number two when it comes to the belief system belief in the law belief in the angels belief in the prophets belief in the books belief in death and resurrection as far as the decree and belief in the Day of Judgment, as for as the decree; and belief in death and resurrection, as far as the Day of Judgment. You should be uh, very knowledgeable in these aspects of, of, of Islam because this is what you believe. This is what you internalize. And said worship Allah as, as as if you see Allah. This is what we call the of purification of the soul, because you you purifying your heart to the point where you see the the, 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 the signs of Allah and his creation. Because the, the messenger of Allah saw that said that when you commit a bad deed, there's a black stain on your heart. But if you commit a good deed by making salat and things of that nature, it erases that black stain of the heart and, and and purified with a white stain. So the more salat you make, the more purified your heart becomes. And the more purified your heart becomes, the signs of Allah will be manifest to you. You worship in the and it's excellence that's what it's saying Its saying means excellence when it says that you worship Allah as if you see him, it means that your salat, your worship of the is so you're so focused in it When you say Bismillah in your mind you're thinking in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful you're constantly thinking about what the Allah is saying. You're not just praying because it's time to make Zo. And you're going through the motions and you forgot where I caught you on because you think, oh, that's not Salat. Worship Allah is, is, is if you see Him. But it's not just prayer. Everything you do in life is He bad at. How you talk to your mother is He bad at. Allah subhanahu wa the wounds that bore you. How you talk to your Muslim brothers is He bad at. Do you speak with them in the point of uh, mercy and understanding or do you cuss and, and backbite? Everything you do is He bad at. Because the Law of is watching, this is how you live your life. You you, you, you live your life as if a law of is watching you. When you on your job and you're a security guard and everybody else is asleep, are you fulfilling your job that you're getting paid to do as a as a Muslim and is entrusted with this building? Are you are are you fulfilling your rounds or do you go to sleep? See this is Ibadah, all of that is Ibadah it's, it's sad. Excellent. Your excellence in everything you do is saying, worship Allah, though you see him. This is how you pray. You pray so focused as if Allah's Siprita Island is right in front of you. His presence is right in front of you, and you're In that mode, this is how, if we want to become better Muslims, we have to live by Islam. We have to be very proficient in, in, in the basic five pillars of Islam and the fundamental principles of the deed. There's a knowledge that's called obligatory knowledge, the foreign, that, the foreign aim that every Muslim is responsible for knowing. For example, every Muslim, male and female, is responsible to know how to bury a body. If you don't know how to bury a body for, for, for form of the janazah and things of this nature, then you should know and, and learn go to classes because you're obligated to know. You're obligated to know how to bury a body. You shouldn't have to call the Iman and say, listen, uh, my my son or my father died. I want to know, you know, if you can bury him. You need to know how to do that just in case the Iman is not around. You have to know how to bury your body. Even if you never do it, you have to know. You have to learn how to pray as well just in case the Iman fall down in the prayer. Somebody has to stand up to lead the prayer. So you have to know how to pray. You have to know how to perform a marriage, Nikah, how to perform a marriage contract. You have to know these things because you're getting married, so you have to know how to perform that. That is what you call obligatory knowledge that you have to know. It's not an option for you to know. If you're planning on selling things in a business, you're making overgarments, or you're selling stuff, then you have to know... The the the, uh, the rules and regulations of buying and selling, because you can be entering riba. So you have to know these things. You have to know the, uh, the 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 obligatory knowledge that you have to know. You have to know how to make wudu properly. You have to be a scholar in making a wudu. A scholar, because you make wudu every day, five times a day. So you have you should have to know what type of water is permissible for you to make wudu in what type of water that's not permissible for you to make wudu in? What has to happen to the water in order for the water to change to be impermissible for you to make water wudu in? Like these things, you have to know because you make it wudu. For example, a lot of Muslims use uh, they carry um, baby wipes when they go out in like a bag. Some Muslims carry like a bottles, bottle, so most of them carry baby. Baby wipes is not permissible for you to make a in because they're not pure substance. A has to be pure water. For example, you can use tissue, you know, but a, a, a baby wipes have alcohol in it, so therefore it's not pure. It's corrupted. That that mechanism changed the the, the purity of the water, so therefore you can't make, we'll do a we stinger with that. Now, you can make a stinger with water and the tissue first, and then you can use the baby wipes because you already used the the, the, the purified water. But that that alone can be how you make a stinger. Number two, like taking a shower when you make gussel. You have to use pure water. You can't use soap to make a gussel. You have to use pure water. Let the water run over your body first. Make sure every single piece of your body is wet, and then you can use soap. When the messenger of Allah saw that son of Aisha already in her said that he took a bucket of water and he poured it all over his body. Pure water is the only thing that that, that, that you make ghusl with. Like these things, these these details, you know, very small things that people don't think about, you have to know because you deal with them every day. You can't be arguing on Facebook about where is Allah? Is he above the throne? Or where's the law located, and you don't know these basic fundamental things? Because asking where's the law is not going to help you on the day of judgment. But what you in proper wudu? That's what's going to help you when you're in your grave. Because the Messenger of Allah said in the is so that that Hadith, Beware of the dry spots. Meaning that when you make wudu, are you wiping your entire arm? Or do you have any dry spots because you're making lazy wudu? As far as your feet, as far as your hands. Like, these things are very serious. Very serious. And we have to understand that. Like, you should take classes on the far end, the, the obligatory knowledge of Islam. It'll take you about a month. It won't even take you that long. And you learn all the obligatory sciences of, of Islam that you need to know. And Ramadan, what breaks your fast? If you eating and you forgot that you was fasting, Like you have to know these things. If you're a diabetic and... You're taking insulin shots. How do that affect your fast? If you're taking high blood pressure medicine, like you have to know these things because we are human beings and this is our life. You shouldn't, you know, be ignorant of these things. You know, if you want to get closer to a loss of there's a book that I recommend every Muslim should get. And this book can be... um. Actually, if you got an iPhone or an Android, you can download this book from the App Store. It's called um, It's called uh, Fortunes of a Muslim. Fortunes of a Muslim is one of the greatest books you're gonna get when it comes to du'a, because it has basically every du'a that you need in this book for every occasion. If you're stressed out, it has a du'a for that. If someone died in your family and you sorrow, you have a du'a for that. Uh, it has to do of the marketplace before you enter the marketplace you have to do out when you leave your house do out when you enter the mansion, do out when you enter the bathroom. it has everything for the du'a in this book so you will constantly be uh connected to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala because you will make du'a for every occasion you know another thing that you can do to, in order to become purified is make uh istighfar you know ask Allah to forgive you Yeah, stuff for law at least 100 times a day It'll take you two minutes to say that's Allah for law 100 times a day. Two minutes. The messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said that's the law 70 to 100 times a day. He said it, and the loss of the forgave all of his sins. He said to the uh, sahaba, you can find this hadith in Hayatul Sahaba. He said, uh, come, let's renew our iman in the loss of let Allah. Let's, let's renew our faith. So they asked the Messenger, listen, how can we renew our faith? He said, by saying, La ilaha illallah abundantly. Just take the time out once a day, once a week, once a month, and just sit there and say, La ilaha illallah. Just to renew your Iman, renew your faith. It's like rejuvenating your soul. This is what the Messenger of Allah so that's what him did. This is what he recommended that you should do. You shouldn't just take your shahada and that's it. You should always re- renew your shahada, renew your faith by reminding yourself Woody, who are you? You are Muslim. There's no God but Allah. La ilaha the law. Ashhhadu Allah la ilaha the law. It's very serious. You have to be stay connected with Allah and wa ta'ala. If you want to be a better Muslim, you have to stop backbiting, stop slandering. I'm not an advocate for far as, like, I don't say people shouldn't watch TV. I don't say people shouldn't listen to the, the radio. I don't say that. I say that if you're going to watch TV, then you should dedicate as much time, equal time, that you watch TV. So if you watch TV two hours a day, then you should read some Quran or some Hadith two hours a day in order to justify you watching television. If you're going to listen to the radio... I advise don't do it at all. But if you're going to do it, then you should read Quran, Listen to Quran as equal as much as you listen to the radio. If you're not going to make that equal, then I advise you to cut the television off. If you can't make the time equal with Quran and Sunnah as far as television or playing games, whatever you want to do, then leave it alone. Because obviously you can't deal with it. Because if you choose to watch television and forget your Lord, then that television is haram for you, curse for you. It's gonna be something that's gonna be thrown in the hellfire along with you on the day of your macayamah because you forgot your Lord. But if you give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his right, it's time to pray, you break prayer, you read the Quran, you memorize the ayat for the Quran, it becomes a a, a a witness for you in the grave and on the day of judgment. In the grave. The Quran will be a witness for you. That's very serious. But if you don't concern yourself with punishment in the grave, you think you can take that punishment to the dead judgment, then by all means, don't do anything, and you won't receive it. But if you're afraid of the punishment in the grave, if you truly believe that Mukar and Nakkar is going to come to you in the grave, and they're going to ask you questions that you have to answer, and if you don't answer these questions correctly, then they're going to whip you with lashes of fire. That's going to destroy every single cell in your body. If you believe that, then you need to prepare for those questions. And how do you prepare for the questions in the grave? By living life as a Muslim. Living life as a Muslim. And if you choose not to live life as a Muslim, and you choose to live life as a kufar, then mashallah, when those questions come to you in your grave, who is your Lord? Who is your Lord? What is your religion? Who is the messenger of Allah? When those questions come to you in your grave and you can't answer them because you spent too much time learning nonsense, then you can't blame no one but yourself. You can't blame no one but yourself because you had the time and the opportunity now to learn them, to be a practicing Muslim, to try your best to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleased with you. This is very serious because we are in a world where there's a lot of distractions and it's very easy to forget your prayer. It's very easy to get into a mood where you just stop praying for months at a time. It's very easy to be a Muslim and you're around Muslims, but no one is reminding each other that it's time for Salat. No one is reminding each other that let's stop backbiting. Because there's not a lot of righteous Muslims now. You don't have a lot of good companions right now. So it's very easy. And we need to remember that. So the show tonight is about how to become a better Muslim. Like I said, the book, first book I recommended that you should download is Fortress of a Muslim. And you can download that on, on, on the App Store and Android. I downloaded it myself. I haven't, so I know you can download it. I know you can download it because I downloaded it myself. You know? And number two, in order to become a good Muslim, what you should do is you should not concern yourself with things that has nothing to do with you. Don't concern Cause this is very important. The messenger of Allah said, that some said a good Muslim is one who minds their business. So don't concern yourself with things that doesn't concern you. Don't dodge into the life of other Muslims. Leave it alone. If it, if it ain't concerning you, let it fly. See, a lot of us have, uh, uh, like a, uh, the mentality of monastics of, of hypocrites One of the signs of a hypocrite is that They feel as though every call and cries against them Like people conspiring against them That's one of the signs of a monastic And you see that a lot on social media When Muslims think that well, When a Muslim sister or a Muslim brother put up a stat Without even mentioning their names, they think they're talking about them. They think they're talking about them. If someone didn't put your name in a stack, a status, then you can't assume that they're talking about you. You can't assume that because they didn't say your name. That could be anybody. So one of the things you should do as a Muslim is hustle them, give benefit of the doubt. Give a good, a good opinion of your brother and sister. But we don't, we don't have that because we have a lot of a lot of tendencies in our in our souls of of a hypocrite, a munafik. We don't give anyone the benefit of the doubt. You know, the 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 uh, the Quraysh used to call the messenger of Allah so that some out of his name, and he would keep walking because he would say, "Well, I don't know who they're talking about because my name is Muhammad." If they didn't say Muhammad, he, he he assumed they must not talk about him because that's not his name. We assume that everything is against us. Every cry is against us. To be a good Muslim is to mind our business and give good benefit of the doubt. If they don't say your name, they're not talking about you. Simple as that. If you someone is is about, is about to backbite another Muslim to you, then you should cease what I advise you should do is hang the phone up. Hang the phone up. Because if you tell them that you don't want to hear it, you might get into an argument. So the moment that they're about to backbite, hang the phone up. Just hang up. Hang the phone up. And if they keep trying to backbite, keep hanging the phone up, and eventually they're going to get the message that I don't want to I don't want to talk about the system like this. At least try that once a day, once a week. See, paradise is steps, just like shaitan leads you to hellfire by steps. Allah says in the Quran, don't follow the footprints of shaitan. Meaning that he's leading you to hell gradually, not all at once. So if you want paradise, then you have to take one step at a time. Try it. Get a sheet. And take yourself into accountable before a law Take you into accountable. Don't ever say only a law can judge me. You don't want a law to judge you. Trust me, you don't want that. You want a law to question you about popping Percocets and smoking weed. You want a law to really ask you about that. About putting half-naked pictures on Facebook and Instagram. You want a law to ask you about that. You don't want that. None of us want that. Because the law's punishment is not like the punishment you're going to receive on earth. On earth, a law says fornication is a hundred lashes. But in the Akira, in that grave, a hundred lashes, one lash is going to destroy every body, every cell of your body. It says, the Hadith says that when the angel hits you with this, this, this hammer or this whip, your entire grave fills up with fire. And every bone in your body turned to dust is destroyed. He destroyed you with that one hit. Every animal on the earth hear you scream. Can you imagine that? And then your body come back together. And now you gotta get eighty more lashes of that. Come on, you don't want the punishment of law. You don't want that. So stop saying only law can judge me. Does someone remind you of something that you need to be doing? Just say, "My Law brother. I, you you absolutely right. May law help me to get better. That's it. Just admit you was wrong. See, on the day of judgment. There's gonna be munafics that try to get out of things and try to lie to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like you try to make excuses now. They are gonna try to get out of it. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gonna ask the Muslim about their deeds and he's gonna say, Well I call the witness to your to your deeds, the angels that was on your right and your left shoulder. The angels on your right shoulder write down your good deeds. And the angels on your left shoulder write down your bad deeds. And he says, I called to witness the angels that was on your shoulders. And the Muslim gonna say, I don't want nobody to be my judge today. I want to be a witness to myself. So Allah is going to say, okay, you have that. So he's going to seal his mouth shut and his limbs are going to begin to speak. His hands, his feet is going to tell Allah everywhere he's been. Everywhere he has been, he's gonna bear witness against himself because he's tried to lie against a, to a lost Just tell the truth. See, if you tell the truth and admit to your wrong mistakes, that's good in the sight of Allah because at least you're being honest with yourself. Listen, I'm, I'm right now. I'm I'm not I'm not doing what I need to do. Please pray for me, brother, and, and may Allah accept your your, your, invoca, your in, invocations. May Allah accept your dua. Because you want to get better. You realize that you're not where you need to be. But to make excuses, now you're denying it. Remember when we was a crackhead? Remember, remember when we was young and the crackhead, the first step was to admit they had a problem? Remember that? The first step is to admit you have a problem? As a Muslim, the first step is to admit that we sinners. That's the first step. Not deny it. Not say that ain't nobody perfect. Because if you read out the Quran, read Surah 23. Sora Mukmano, the believers. And Allah God is giving you attributes of a believer. I want you to read that surah because in that surah when the when the Allah is telling you stories about when the prophets go to the the sinners, the disbelievers, right? Every prophet that went to the disbelievers in that in that twenty three, he gave you many examples. And every time the prophet went to their their people that they were sent to, they always try to say, Well, you ain't perfect. They try to make excuses for why they doing what they're doing. So the law is warning us, don't make excuses, just say you're right, I'm wrong. May the law make me better. Please make do for me, brother. Because when you make excuses for your sins, you can never get better with yourself because you know you messed up. We know you messed up. Come on, just, just accept it. Don't say only Allah law can judge me. Say, my brother, you're absolutely right. Please make do for me that I get out of this state. That I stop smoking weed. I want to be a better Muslim. I don't want to be like this. I'm weak right now. Please pray for me. And the law says Allah will help you. That's how you become a better Muslim because the law. You admit to a law that I'm not where I need to be. I'm only a human being. The law. I fail. Please help me out of this state. When Adam bit the apple, out of the. Um, him and Eve bit the apple in the Garden of Eden. Shaitan blamed Adam for his misdeed. When the Allah Submitada told Shaitan to bow before Adam, right? Shaytan says, No, I'm better than him. Right? So Allah asked Shaitan, why didn't you bow? Shaitan try to make an excuse. See him say try to make an excuse for his baby. He says, I'm better than him. You created him from fire and me from smoke. I mean you created him from clay and me from fire, so I'm better than him. Then Allah the Sidala says, Get out. This is not your place to be arrogant here. Now Shaitan asked Allah the Lord for respite. He said, Can you grant me respite into the day of judgment? So Wallah we'll suggests you're of those who grant the respite. Now Shaitan could have repented. He could have said, Oh well, Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to please. He no, he went more making mis- uh, more uh, making excuses. He said, Since Adam put me in the wrong, I'm going to leave him and his progeny to hellfire with me. And the law says, Well, whoever follow you they surely will fill with hellfire, except the sincere ones. So Shaitan was wrong, but he wouldn't admit that he was wrong. He kept blaming Allah and Adam for his mistakes, for his failure. So if you keep saying only oh, law can judge me or nobody's perfect, then you're not admitting to your wrong action. Just say, look you know, I'm wrong. Everybody know you're wrong. That's like a person who painted the car raid. We all know that he painted the car red, and he won't admit it. He say, well, you know, the car was like that when I got it. Just admit you was wrong. I'm a sinner. We all sinners. But the thing is, a Muslim who feels ashamed, they will hide their sin and do it secretly because they're ashamed for other people to see them sin. At least they're trying to be righteous. They're trying to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, we are all sinners. But the Muslim who commits sins openly, now we all got to say something. Let me know you. Let me tell you the danger in that. When you was all of us on the phone, I hope is over the age of twenty five. Some young sisters, some young brothers listening. But remember when we was young in the eighties and nineties? I don't know. Like a lot of y'all, are probably younger than me, but I remember in the nineties, being a homosexual it wasn't cool. It wasn't like a popular thing to do. So people hid their homosexual tendencies behind closed doors. Due to the fact that they hid it behind closed doors, young people wasn't exposed to it. So if a young person will, will ask their mom about homosexuality, she will get mad and say, boy, no, you can go to hell for being gay. So they would suppress their homosexual desires, even if they had them when they were young. So you see very few homosexual openly in the 90s. In the 80s, very few in the 80s, than the, the, more so than the 90s. And you hardly see any in the 70s. So, but nowadays, people are become homosexual a homosexual and phenomenal race because it's out in the open. And it's accepted. And a civilization is built and destroyed on the moral standards of its people. If there's no the morality in the people, then the civilization of this people will die. They will de- get destroyed. The reason why I become homosexual is widespread now because it's accepted. If it wasn't accepted, people wouldn't be gay. But well, due to the fact it's accepted error, I can be gay. Even if a person think about being gay, just to try it out, they're gonna do it because it's accepted. Before you wouldn't even even if it's a person that thought, oh I'm gonna never be gay, that's it's nasty. Now it's it's nothing. So if we allow Sinners to sin publicly Then people who think about doing that Might go do it too oh, Ain't nobody going to do that Because she did it She took off her overgarment She posted her whole body on Facebook So I can do it too But if all the Muslims collectively say, Sister, that's wrong She's not going to keep posting pictures If she got a hundred Muslims on her timeline Saying this is wrong Or stuff with the law She's not going to do it Because she's going to get tired Of people keep criticizing her who, it's not, she's not, not going to be like sufficient just to say, oh, the law can judge me. You no, know, she's just not going to do it. So she's going to have some type of respect for herself. That's why it's important to criticize the open center. Somebody sitting openly, is is important to say to them, listen, this is wrong. This is haram. Because if you remain silent, that means you're condoning what it is that they're doing. And it's Haram to remain neutral in a moral crisis. So so that's why it's important. But I want everybody to understand that becoming a better Muslim takes time. It takes effort. And number one, it takes sincerity. If you're not sincere about what you want to do in this role that you're going to embark on, then you're not going to accomplish your goal. You have to be sincere. You have to be a person willing to make a mistake in the sincerity that you're trying to be better. It's just, and, and becoming a better Muslim starts with the desire to want to be better. To want to please the law, to want to get in the good graces of Allah, to want to get paradise. If you don't want that, then do whatever it is you want to do. Because you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway. But if you want to be better, then you have to try some of these things that I'm telling you. Learn how to pray efficiently. Golly and make them will do. So when you explain what will do to somebody, you can be a scholar. You can know what you're talking about. This is very important. When the angel bro came to ask the prophets, so let tell him about those questions. It was a reason. The is the tisawah. That's a purification for the soul. Islam is the outward motion. The, as far as the salat, the zakat, fast, ramadan. Those things are outward. But to the, the, the it's saying worship the though you see Him. That's the inward the thing that you have to purify your heart and you have to purify your outer limbs as well. That's why we'll do you purify the outer limbs and to subwith, you purify the heart. That's why you say uh, you you, you uh, make istikfar. That's why you say stuff of the law. That's why you say lad, you had a law. That's why you remember the law abundantly. Allah Smith- <laughs> says in the Quran, He says, but I think it to Allah who Akbar. Verily, the remembrance of Allah is the greatest thing in life, without doubt. Wa laa akbar, akbar. The remembrance of Allah is the greatest thing in life, without doubt. It's the remembrance of Allah that helps you get to paradise. When you become a Muslim, you remember your birthright because before we were born, eighty thousand years before we were born. Allah of to Allah took the progeny of Adam, all the sons and daughters of Adam, in one spot and he asked him, I'm your Lord and all of us on the scene, Yes, you are our Lord. That was our birthright. When you go to the womb of your mother, you are reminded that a lost Allah is your Lord. You're reminded of that in the womb. When you are born, your father is supposed to call the Adan in your left in your right ear to remind you that Allah of Allah is your Lord. And when you get older you remember when you take your shahada when you become a color, when you become a churchy. When you have a wet dream in puberty or or, or or um you get your first mitts as a female. You take your shahada. You remember Allah. law. It's all about remembering the law, not forgetting the law. That's why we don't get high. Because getting high it destroys the aqua, the brain, the intellect, the very thing that Needs to remember Allah. People get hired to try to forget life, to try to forget the sorrows. They just want to go into La La Land for a half an hour or however long in order to forget the pains of life. But you need to remember Allah. If you remember Allah, He will take away those pains of life. That's what we don't understand. Allah subhanahu wa island removed your burdens, your demons. If you remember Allah subhanahu a Allah says in the Quran, verily through the hearts find satisfaction. And the remembrance of Allah. Verily, do the hearts find satisfaction in the remembrance of Allah? And verily, Salat wore off evil and shameful deeds. By praying every day, it is make you stop doing certain things. By remembering Allah, you will find satisfaction and peace on this earth. But if you forget Allah, you will never have peace and tranquility. You will never know what happiness is if you forget Allah. This is the God's honest truth. we Muslim, so therefore, we should live our life as a Muslim, not as Kufars. Live our lives as Muslims, not as Kufars. If you go to the dinner we're doing a movie next month, inshallah, which I hope you do. Uh, you should get your tickets ASAP, inshallah. Um, you can call 267 357 Thirty-six eighty-two two six seven three five seven, thirty-six eighty-two to buy tickets. The tickets are twenty dollars. Um, I advise you not to go to the Islamic store place to get your your overgarment or your thobe, because the Islamic place are not Muslims. They believe in another prophet come after the prophet Muhammad. So let's them. So that right there takes them outside of the fold of Islam. They are Ahmadiyya. They are not Muslims. If you want to go down there, then it's the Al Menar right across the street and Muslim fashions, right at two, two Muslim stores directly across the street from the Islamic place. You have Al Menar on, um, uh, Germantown and Lehigh, I believe is on. Yes, Germantown and Lehigh is Al Menar. If you want to get a Thoban Overgarment, inshallah. No, but if you want to purchase the Dino Wadunia ticket, you can call that number two six seven three five seven thirty six eighty two 357 3682, inshallah. Um, After we put it in the movie theaters, it will be on iTunes and Amazon Instant Video um, directly after it's in the movie, inshallah. And that'll be um, sometime in March. So look forward to that, inshallah. But if you want to be a better Muslim, then it starts with tonight. You know, it starts with making all your prayers every day. Because if the communication between you and Allah is between you and the Salat. If you abandon your prayer, then Allah was not concerned with you. He won't even think about you because you're not praying. You know, just like you said, when you first became Muslim, if you take one step towards Allah, he takes two steps towards you. So it was your general uh, concern for Allah to remember him that makes some thought about you. If you take one step towards him, meaning that if you call on the law, he will respond. If you take one step towards the law, he take two steps towards you. If you take two steps towards the law, he run towards you. Meaning that you have to make the the initial uh request, you have to make the initial remembrance, you have to make the initial contact. Allah Subhanahu says if, if it wasn't for your du'a, Allah would not be concerned with you. See what I'm saying? If it wasn't for your do loss, the Pandala would not be concerned with you. That's very serious. Well inshallah, um, like I said that we will try to have as many shows as possible. You know, these are now two hour shows but we're not gonna do the whole two hours inshallah. Um I usually have a guest host on, um, Iman Hanif. Inshallah. And um today shows how to be a better Muslim. It's gonna be some books that I want to recommend that you get because I have these books in my library. Um Handbook on Islam by Sheikh Uthman and Fodio. Um it's is a, a money green book. It's called Handbook on Islam by Sheikh Uthman and Fodio. F O D I O. Sheikh Mini Epholia. The second book is um Islamic beliefs and doctrine by Akmasuna by Sheikh Kabani. Sheikh Kabani that's uh, uh N I Sheikh Kabani. And um the third book is notions that must be corrected by Sheikh Mohammed um Amin uh Maliki. Take Muhammad I Amin mean, al-Alawi uh, al Maliki, notion notions that must be corrected. And that's a excellent book as well. And um the the last book that I, that you should get is um um is Ikea alumadin by Iman Al Ghazali. Ikea Alumadin by Iman al Ghazali, that's Ikea um I H Y um A Iklumideen, I L U M I D E E N, Iklumideen by Sheikh Iman Al Ghazali, S G H A Z A L I Ghazali. Excellent book. It's forty volumes. It's about four books. It's ten books ten volumes in each book. It's hard to find all forty volumes. I just ordered all forty volumes. I'm on Amazon.com. They usually break them down into your, like particular books. You got to order like 40 books, but you can get all 40 volumes. It only cost about cost me about seventy five dollars for all 40 volumes because I got four books, got 10 volumes in it. You know, so try to order all four books, all four volumes of, of the uh, Aklumadin because they try to sell them to you in pieces in in, in in um each book. But don't don't do that. Try to get all four volumes. You might pay a hundred dollars for all four volumes. You might pay seventy five. It depends on where you go and what books you get, because some books got the commentary with the volumes in there. So that's a little bit. That's like a uh, like a hundred fifty dollars. But nevertheless, they got classes online that teaches from Iman Ghazali books. His book is unbelievable. Ikhlaluddin means revival of religious sciences. He was like, he was. His nickname was to Islam. Proof of Islam. That's what Hajjah means. Hajjah means proof. Hajjah to Islam. Proof of Islam. He was the proof that Islam was the correct religion. That's what they basically were saying. Hajjah to Islam. He was a genius. And what happened was he was a scholar in Islam, right? He was a scholar in Islam. Like he had like a lot of Islamic knowledge, he was like one of the top scholars on the earth. But he real, but he was traveling one day, right? This is how he became a genius. He was traveling one day. He had all of his book, like a, in a cart. And this was the time where they didn't have, like, police. So if you're traveling through the road, you would get stuck up by, like, it wasn't called stick-up kids. They were called brigands. They were like robbers. They would hide in the road. and They would rob people's caravans, like horses and carriages car- and stuff like that, right? So Emil Ghazali was traveling, he had all his books in his cart. So one day these robbers came and was going to rob him for all of his books, all of his money, all of his birth. So he says he didn't care about his money, you know, he didn't care about those things, but he says, please don't take my books, don't take my knowledge. This is what he said. So the robber shared something to him that was very profound, that changed his entire existence. The the robber said to him, he says, what type of knowledge do you possess if I can just take it from you? So he said, after the the robber said that to him, he let him take his books and he thought about, like, what type of knowledge do he possess if somebody could just take it from him? So he said, from that moment on, he memorized everything he ever learned. So therefore, if he ever got, like, locked up in prison, wherever he go, he takes his knowledge with him because it's in his brain. Locked in brain cells It would never leave him So that he learned from that lesson And He went on um, The spiritual quest He went like on a spiritual journey In order to learn The, the inward sciences of the dean Like how to worship Allah, So you see him basically And he said that he lost his mind For about six months he went insane And then it came to him And he wrote this book called Ikea Luma the revival of religious sciences, and he speaks about backbiting. Like he breaks backbiting down into categories. Like, um, he got like backbiting. Then he got eight reasons why a person backbite. Then he got reasons why they like. His the book is unbelievable. Like he he, he he this book is like his Magnus Opus of of like this book is his his do the right thing of of books. Like you know, Spike Lee wrote Do the Right Thing, that was like his first John, his famous John. But this book is like. This is it. This is his book. But he wrote a lot of books, though. He wrote a book called Anchor Hands of the Philosophers. Because what Shakespeare and had a lot of uh, uh, influence on, you know, uh, philosophy. So he said that he studied philosophy for two years straight. He studied it. He became very proficient in it. And then he wrote this book called Anchor Hands of the Philosophers and he basically refuted Aristotle and, and, and Socrates and, and Plato and all of them from an Islamic point of view. Like, he crushed them. Like, he, he was, a, I'm telling you, Ima Ghazali was a genius. He was a complete genius, you know, the way he explained things, the way he, his mind worked, you know, the inward sciences in which he, you know, related because he realized that you have to be a Muslim inwardly, and outwardly, because you can know all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have Islam inside your heart, if you're not practicing it, if you're not living it and remembering the law, then it doesn't matter. Because you have bad character, even though you're a scholar, but you have no good character. So he said he had to learn humility. So what he would do is, he, will, he said that he was scrubbing a toilet bowl, like came in toilets. For about like five years, that's all he did was clean toilets. And in order to learn humility, to to learn to how to be humble, because you can't be arrogant if you clean toilets every day. Trust me, if you're cleaning the feces of other people, how arrogant can you be? So one day, uh, the the, the uh some scholars was gathering around, and someone came to them and asked them a question. Asked the scholars a question. He just happened to be around, like because he was the janitor, basically. And they asked the scholars a question that the scholars couldn't answer. But he came out and answered the question. And they said, only one man could know this question. And they said, um, are you Imam Ghazali? So he said that he left that place because he, he didn't want to be known. He didn't want to be a, like a famous scholar because he just wanted to 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 learn the the, the sciences of the inwardly. I'm t- the God, you got to look him up. Look at his life. He's a phenomenon. He's—he's. He's, I'm telling you, he's like—he was a, a a savant, like he was a genius, Islamically. and he wrote books that will blow your mind completely. If you were just a person who loves to read and you have deep thinking and you don't like just plain things, he's a real deep scholar. Look him up and so long. But um, the next show that we will do will be tomorrow night. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram or Facebook if you have a particular topic that you want to discuss, that you would like us to discuss, inshallah. And and, and and we will, inshallah. But may Allah bless all of the homeless people with a place to live and food to eat, inshallah. May Allah bless Adina with doing a movie to be successful. And bless us to make more Islamic movies, the next movie that we will start it on. It's Cover Girls. That's about um, Muslims in Philadelphia. Um, We're going to be having a casting call for that sometime in March, inshallah. So if you want to be in that movie, you can hit me up on um, Instagram as the underscore Muslim underscore director on Instagram. The underscore Muslim underscore director. Or you can hit me up on Facebook and not fear. N-A-A-S-R. U-L-D-E-N and Nasiddle D. And we will be casting for the um for the movie Cover Girls and that should be done before the end of the summer and we will have that out by Christmas inshallah. And then after that we will be working on more Islamic movies inshallah. So support the Dina with doing your movie. Uh, you can call for tickets at two six seven Three five seven thirty six eighty two two six seven three five seven thirty six eighty two inshallah. The next show that we will have will be tomorrow night inshallah. Please stay tuned or we'll tune in for that inshallah. I remember Future Time calling me a dime, Leah, my queen, it's a lot on time. I remember full of tranquility and a subtle calm reading her through to the sunshine. I remember my love for you was out of this world like the cosmos, SubhanAllah, when I think about how time goes. I remember holding hands, walking out of the movies, on my way home feeling all groovy. I remember the passionate love, I was yours truly. Do you remember when I first proposed, I think it was a Tuesday, but now you are gone and all I have is these memories, living in solitude, lonely every second like a century. Yeah, Allah, who am I without my queen? And what is paradise without the game? All I feel is pain. It's like I'm going insane. High, my tears in the rain. Everything's changed. Food don't taste the same. One mistake shook up my soul like an earthquake. Now I find myself in search for the ghost of a soulmate. I remember. I remember. When I hear your name, I smile. When I hear your voice, I cry. When I think about you, I look in the sky. Trace your face in the celestials. Cause my love for you was out of this world like extraterrestrials. Your essence flowed through my veins. Since the adolescence, I've been through the pain. Some nights my tears flowed in the puddle of rain. Victimized by cold hearts and jaded souls. But nowadays, I just stop and pick a rose. Inhale and embrace the emotion that reduce the soul like waves in the ocean. It's a calamity. When logically, you're losing sanity. Put your heart pumped with harmony blood flow with tranquility, it's like I was diseased and you was my remedy, or you my soul mate here before your time, cause if this is a dream, the waking up is a crime, and if